This audio is brought to you by Muslim Central. Please consider donating to help cover our running costs and future projects by visiting www.muslimcentral.com forward slash donate. Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa ala alihi wa ashabihi wa azbadi wa man wala wa ba'd. Wassalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Dear Muslim brothers and sisters, this is your brother Sheikh Khalid Yassin speaking to you today, August the 4th, 2018. Uh, the time here in Philadelphia is 12.06, uh, that is six minutes after midnight, so actually it is August the 4th. I just want to spend a short amount of time on a very important issue. That issue is social justice. What it means, how it fits, its implications within the Islamic community and the Islamic society. Now, because this is a very short reminder, uh, I don't want to be extensive, although the subject itself is very extensive. I want to be concise. As one of the companions of the Prophet وسلم, Ali ibn Abi Talib an, said in an athar, خير الكلام ما قل ودل that the best speech is the speech which is concise but prolific in meaning. That's the general interpretation of this athar or these words of wisdom left to us by the companion of the Prophet Sallallahu and the fourth Khalifa of Islam, Ali ibn Abi Talib. So I will try to follow this athar. Uh, while at the same token, completing my short reminder. In the Quran, the word or the terminology social justice, it comes in many places. And there are over 50 verses of the Quran dealing specifically with social justice. Now the word justice comes in the Quran many times, but there are at least 50 verses of the Quran that deal specifically with justice in the society. Uh, I like to recite one. This uh, verse comes in Surah An-Nahl, the 16th surah, the 90th verse. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reminds us إِنَّ اللَّهَ يَعْمُرُ بِالْعَدْرِ وَالْإِحْسَانِ وَإِتَاءِ ذُو الْقُرْبَى وَيَنْهَى عَنِ الْفَحْشَاءِ وَالْمُنْقَرِ وَالْبَغِي يَعِذَكُمْ لَعَلَّكُمْ تَذَكَّرُونَ This verse says specifically Indeed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has commanded us ordered us, 
upon social justice al adl wal ihsan benevolence and he wanted us to demonstrate this social justice and benevolence to our relatives to the poor to the needy to our neighbors to the general society and part of justice is to enjoin what is right and forbid what is wrong that is to command what is just in the society for everyone the rich and the poor the male and the female the black and the white the young and the old justice in the society is a cornerstone of islam and this verse is recited and this is why i chose the verse this verse is recited almost every jumaa or we can say in most of the masajids in the world this verse will come near to the end of the khutbah or before the prayer it is something traditional historical um that we don't want to explain today but you should uh, reflect upon that phenomena that is the 16th surah the 90th verse you can read it for yourself and you can go to the people who are authorities in the quran and ask them what is their opinion about this verse as it regards social justice uh, we can also look to the the surah an-nisa the 135th verse that's the fourth surah uh, we can also look to uh, the fifth surah surah al-maida the verse number 42 we can also look to the surah called hadid verse 25 surah al-a'raf surah surah al-a'raf verse number 29 and surah al-a'raf verse 181 so these six references of the quran are six of the 50 verses dealing specifically with social justice in the quran so that no one can trivialize the significance and the importance of social justice there are hundreds of authentic ahadith from the messenger of allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam which deal directly with the subject of social justice there are so many ahadith that deal indirectly and directly with the issues of social justice whether it be animals or whether it be human beings or dealing with the environment or dealing with our enemies or dealing with those who oppose us or with our families or between ourselves there's just so many ahadith statements of our prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam and examples from his sunnah that i just want to relate one The Messenger of Allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned there are seven categories of people whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will provide shelter on the day when there will be no shelter and shade is another interpretation on a day where there be no shade and one of those people is the just ruler the one who has power the one who has authority and he exercises in that power and that authority justice i chose this ayah why because i think that it fits well and it cements the point that social justice 
is a focal point of Islam, whether in the Quran or whether from the Sunnah of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I just want to summarize a few things. And in my summary, um, I am not being critical of anyone in particular. I am not singling out any particular organization or any particular government. But let the let the shoe fit whoever wears it, whoever can wear it. Let the advice be an admonition in general. But let the advice also be an admonition, especially for the people who practice injustice on a regular basis. Let it also be um, a sign and a reminder for those who tolerate injustice. Let it also be a reminder for those who neglect or circumvent justice in order to get some benefit for themselves. Social justice is the maqasid, that is the main objective of the Islamic system. This is what the word maqasid generally means. It is the purpose. It is the foremost objective of the Islamic system. And that objective can never be attained through religious epistemology and through religious intellectualism by itself. So epistemology, which is the, uh, the correct understanding and the, uh, the, the regulated um, academic proven sources of Islam, this is like epistemology. And so if someone attains a very high level of epistemology, we say that they are a scholar. And those who attain very high academic levels of Islamic study, may Allah reward them. We regard them as scholars or authorities of some level within the Islamic system. However, their academia or their disciplines in epistemology alone can never suffice or provide the Muslim community, the Muslim family, the Muslim nation, or the world with social justice. It must be coupled with a strong commitment for social injustice. It must be coupled with a strong commitment for social justice and against any kind of injustice in the society. In fact, one of the blatant ironies and contradictions throughout history and evidenced in the modern world today is that the regimes, the countries, and the organizations that produce the largest number of religious intellectuals 
happen to be the greatest violators of human rights. Isn't that an irony? Isn't that something that we should reflect upon? It means that religion, in many cases, is being used purely for political leverage to create a society where the religious leaders are socially impotent and where they lead only through religious matters and religious ritualism. That is, their leadership is limited to the religious rituals or in the areas of epistemology. There is now an active global conspiracy to neuter the Islamic movement, to neuter the Islamic movement worldwide, that is to, uh, to castrate the power, the energy, the influence, or to limit the amount of authority that the Islamic movement will be allowed within a society so that it cannot produce social dissidents. Now, brothers and sisters, those of you who don't uh, know what the word dissidents means, look it up in the dictionary. I'm not here to explain every terminology. We are, most of us, we are uh, high school graduates, at least. We are undergraduates. We are graduate students and some of the people listening, you are very high intellectual, so I shouldn't have to define these kinds of terminologies. I want to repeat this last statement. Uh, there is now an active global conspiracy in the world today to neuter the Islamic movement so that it cannot produce social dissidents. And if we evaluate matters properly, that conspiracy will become very clear. Dear brothers and sisters, let me warn you, or let me advise you, or make you aware. Today, anyone who speaks or writes about social injustice will be labeled and prosecuted in most places in the Muslim world and they will be labeled and prosecuted and harassed as troublemakers or they will be classified as religious extremists and who will classify them? some of the people who themselves are authorities in Islamic epistemology. Who will classify them? People who have very high levels of Islamic education, who themselves are subordinate to organizations, countries, and governments. It means that we should respect their knowledge we have to separate the knowledge from the person. We have to separate the knowledge from its application. We have to respect them. By all means, they must be respected for the sacrifices which they have made. 
However, the proof is in the pudding. The knowledge is in the application. Listen very carefully to scholars, students of knowledge, Muslim enthusiasts, speakers, du'at, lecturers. Listen carefully and see in their discussions will they touch upon the issues of social justice? Will they reproach and criticize and condemn those who are violators of Islamic justice, of, of social justice? Because in that, one can evaluate very clearly just where their Islamic knowledge begins and where it ends, and whether or not they are worthy to be followed as a social leader. I didn't say worthy to be followed in the mosque, or I didn't say worthy to be listened to in a conference, or worthy to be read from their books. That's not what I said. I said whether or not they should be adhered to and followed within the context of social activism. This is very important because uh, the person who is selected as an imam, a leader of the prayers, or an imam or an authority in the Islamic community, uh, an imam or someone who teaches the people about uh, the rituals of Islam, is something very different from the amir. That the person who is selected as the amir or who is uh, nominated as the amir, he must be concerned about the principles of social justice. Because if we study the, the background, the history of Abu Bakr al-Siddiq, about Umar ibn Khattab, Uthman ibn Affan, Ali ibn Abi Talib, the Khulfa al-Rashidin, if you examine them closely, you'll find out that when they took their office, the concern they had the most was about the issue of social justice. Let me repeat that statement I made so that it's very clear. Because I'm sure that many people will listen to what I have to say. And they, will be, they will be very critical. They will have some issues about what I had to say this evening. But it doesn't matter. Truth has to be said. And I'm doing my best to fulfill my responsibility to call the people towards truth and not just towards words. I said to be careful about anyone who speaks or writes about social injustice. Because you will see that whosoever speaks about social injustice will be labeled and prosecuted as a troublemaker. They will be classified as religious extremists, even by people who themselves are part of the, the authorities in the religion. While those who are silent and those who are neutered will be made popular. They will be given strong positions through the collaboration of the Muslim elite and the non-Muslim elite. Because when it comes to social injustice, when it comes to the issue of social justice, they are both on the same page. They're just in different religions. 
One of the most important principles of social activism is social dissidence. To be active in the Muslim community, to be active um, in the society where we live and to be active on the global scale is not just to practice the rituals and to have a good favored position with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in terms of worship. No. Sorry. In order to have an esteemed position in Islam, whether in the family, whether in the community, whether in the nation or in the world, one has to be concerned with the issues of social justice. We must suspect the motives of anyone seeking leadership if he or she doesn't have a history of speaking against injustice or corruption because all prophets, all messengers, all great scholars and students of those scholars, they came with a focal point in their message concerning social justice. We must suspect the motives of anyone seeking leadership if he or she doesn't have a history or an open concern of speaking against injustice or corruption. We should especially be aware of leaders who are nominated or appointed by regimes, countries, and or organizations who are active in their violation of human rights. What does it matter where they graduated from? What does it matter what position they hold? What does it matter how much Quran they have memorized? And what does it matter how much of the Sunnah that they are able to quote? What does it matter if they are supporting social injustice and if they are supporting the violation of human rights. Dear brothers and sisters in Islam, I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hold me accountable for what I have to say. But I also remind you that you are responsible for what you've listened to. And before you talk, before you comment, do your research. This is not a talk or a reminder aimed at any particular person, organization, country, regime, or group. No, it's a general reminder for all Muslims that social justice should be the preoccupation of all Muslim workers and all Muslim thinkers. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to hold all of us responsible uh, for this uh, principle of upholding social justice uh, in our families, uh, in our communities, in our society. And uh, since we have um, social media and technology today, uh, the world has become a global village. Therefore, uh, we also have some connection towards the issues of social justice in the world that we live in. Thank you very much. This is your brother, Sheikh Khalid Yassin, speaking to you from Philadelphia. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to give all of us the medicine and the benefit of the good words and the good admonition.
والصلاه والسلام على رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك ونشهد ان لا اله الا انت ونستغفرك ونتوب اليك والسلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته